I'm glad to be saved. These are exciting times that we're living in. Maybe fearful times to the world. Fearful times for people who's listening to the news and is listening to, to what's going on. It looks very troublesome. You know, uh, train crashes everywhere with toxic things on them. I got a call from my son who told me, Dad, stay away from this area. And he's in a very prominent position. He goes, it's almost as bad as a nuclear bomb. Do not go near it where this train wreck happened. He said, just want to call and tell you that. He said, don't go near this place. I said, I won't. Train crashes are happening all over the place. And, and you know, we're seeing... Uh, all kinds of strange things happening. I'm not going to say that these are terrorist acts or I'm not going to say that these are necessarily biblical things, but I tell you these are strange times we're living in where food processing plants are being blown up. Trains are wrecking all over the place. We have balloons flying over and unidentified flying objects being shot down that no one's telling us what they are. Uh, a government that's not reacting in logic uh, it doesn't. It just seems like everything's upside down, you know. And I think you would agree with me if you're watching things going on, as Jess said and pointed out in the news. We are living in very perilous times, spiritually speaking. Man, you just you can turn on the television and, and witness abominations galore. Uh, people, you know, try. You know, football's a game, folks. Right? I played it my whole life. It's a game. It's a pastime. It's something we should be able to watch. Basketball, football, baseball, whatever it is you watch. It's something that people play. It's a pastime. It's a game. G-A-M-E game. It's not a platform on which to stand and point out your preferences in life. It's supposed to be something that working folks can turn their television on and watch and forget about the hard times that they've been in and watch a game being played and if you've ever played them I mean, you get out there and you play and it's just something games are, are something good for every person playgrounds are good for every kid playing is good for human growth but now we see it being used for political purposes and and really satanic purposes to try to indoctrinate people in in, in bad things but I want to talk to you a little bit in this Matthew chapter 24. We are at these verses of Scripture in which I am not going to teach on tonight. I'm going to teach on this. Jesus starts to go into the great tribulation right here in these verses of Scripture. But I want to talk to you about what happens right before that. Okay? And then we're going to come back and we're going to take a look at this. And we're going to take a look at the Antichrist. There is an unholy trinity mentioned in the Bible. That we have Father, God, and or Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, right? Satan always tries to match God. He wants to be God, right? That's what got him, got him kicked out of heaven. You have Satan, the, uh, the Antichrist, and the false prophet. That's his unholy trinity. Satan, the Antichrist, and the false prophet. We're going to talk about all three of those characters coming up uh, in, 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 another, in another time, in another place. Because these are, they need to be talked about. They, they all have a work. They all have something they're, they're doing. The man of lawlessness. The abomination that makes desolate. We're going to take a look at that. We might hint on it a little bit tonight. But we want to take, take a look at, uh, before we cover this, what happens in the world to, to believers right before this takes place. Uh, this is referencing Satan himself setting, setting himself up to be God in the temple, okay? Some people have said there have been lots of theologians, lots of 
Bible commentators that would say, well, this was Antiochus Apophanes who set up a pig on the altar uh, and then sacrificed to an unholy pagan god. And yes, that was a time when the altar and the temple was desecrated. But this goes on to talk about something completely different. In the book of 2 Thessalonians, we're told uh, a little bit about this, referencing this. And this is what I want to talk about before we get into the other stuff. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 1-13, through 13, it says this, Now, dear brothers and sisters... Let us clarify some things. Now, I'm I'm reading this. I'm going to tell you, I cut my teeth on the King James Version. I love it. Don't mistake me. When I start reading from these other versions, I'm doing it for clarity's sake so that you can hear me and understand me. Okay? I love the King James Version. Don't I read from it. And that the new King James Version, I read them, I read them all basically. But if I can extrapolate something that makes something a little bit clearer, I want you to hear it. Okay, so listen to this. This is in today's language, and it says, Now, dear brothers and sisters, let us clarify some things about the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and how we will be gathered to meet him. It says, Don't be so easily shaken or alarmed by those who say that the day of the Lord has already begun. Back in Jesus' day, there was a a common thought and teaching amongst the false prophets that Jesus, that the day of the Lord had already happened. And so people were shaken. We must have missed this then. So here we have the Apostle Paul telling the church in Thessalonia to not be so easily shaken at this. He says, don't believe them. Even if they claim to have had a spiritual vision, a revelation, or a letter supposedly from us. So you had all kinds of stuff going on back in that day. You had these false prophets, so to speak, going on saying, listen, I've had a vision. I can't tell you the times that I've turned on the TV and looked at some of these false prophets and says, God has shown me. Let me tell you, if God shows someone something that doesn't match the word of God, they're a false prophet. Turn it off. Turn it off. I don't care if you have had so much confidence in that preacher for the longest time. Turn it off. God did not speak it. That is a false prophet. Back in the days of the Lord, they were stoned to death. That's how serious God looks at this. If someone says, I've had had a vision and I have seen this, it better match the word of God. Because if it doesn't, that's a lie. I can't tell you the times I've seen. We're living in the day and the time of very charismatic Christianity. Very charismatic Christianity. We have allowed, the church has morphed, not the church, but a so-called church has morphed into something that's very pleasing to worldly people. They want a gospel that fits them today, something that they can bend and arrange that will make them prosperous and money making and, 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 and will turn the word of God from what it is. Okay, truth, absolute truth is what the word of God is. There's a lot of false prophets preaching and a lot of false doctrine out there. You'll see preachers. Let me tell you, if you ever listen to a preacher and he never preaches on sin, walk away. If you ever hear a preacher and you've been listening to a preacher for a long time and he never preaches on repentance, walk away. Jesus' first message was repent, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repentance, forgiveness, sin, consequence, 
Jesus preached more on hell than he did heaven. Though, and listen, if Jesus preached it then, he's preaching it now. He said, I change not, says the Lord. So we have an old time gospel that never gets old. That never gets old. Listen to what this says. He says, don't be fooled by what they say. For that day will not come until there is a great rebellion against God and the man of lawlessness is revealed. Okay, listen to this. The one who brings destruction. Listen, this goes on to say that all these commentators, you know, that are talking about this verse of Scripture, they're not accurate in talking about Antiochus Apophanes. That's why you've got to be so careful. You let the Bible interpret itself. It will interpret itself. The book of Thessalonians says this in verse 4, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 4 says, He will exalt himself and defy everything that people call God and every object of worship. He will even sit in the temple of God claiming that he himself is God. That's what Jesus was talking about. This man of lawlessness is going to come to the temple, the newly built temple, when the temple is constructed, and he will set himself up to be God. We are out of here before this happens. We are out of here before this happens. Now we're going to, next time we're around, we're going to talk about Daniel and all this kind of stuff. We're going to go into this a little bit, okay? But we're not here for this. Daniel tells us of the seven year period and the three and a half, the middle of the week and all this kind of stuff. We're going to go into that. But this man of lawlessness, the devil himself, who wants to be God so bad, is going to, the temple is going to be here. There's going to be a new world religion and he's going to command that everybody worship him, that he is God. That's what's going to happen. Don't you remember, Paul says, that I told you about all this when I was with you? Man, I would have loved to have known what he was saying on that day that he's referring to. I would have loved to have known when Paul was sitting down with him, why someone didn't capture this. You know, he said, when I was with you, I told you about all this stuff. So he's reiterating. He says, and you know... What is holding him back? Holding who's the him? The devil. The antichrist. The false prophet. You know what's holding him back? For he can be revealed only when his time comes. For this lawlessness is already at work secretly. And it will remain secret until the one who is holding it back steps out of the way. Church, that is the Holy Spirit. That is Jesus Christ. That is the church of Jesus Christ. When we are removed, all hell's going to break loose. Literally. It's being held back. The spirit of lawlessness that he's talking about here, and know what is holding him back, for this lawlessness is already secretly, secretly at work. The, 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 this, this lawless th- stuff that's going on, look at what we're doing right now. What is the spirit behind what's going on in America right now? Lawlessness. Can I get an amen tonight? One, two, three. Amen. We're defunding the police, right? I would call that what? The police, do you know, as said, I believe it's in the book of Romans, are ministers of God? Did you know that? We'll, we'll read that here in just a minute. Ministers of God 
to execute judgment on those who do evil. That's why you pay your taxes, the scripture says. They're to execute God's will. Our law is built on the law. And when you destroy the law, you're destroying the very foundation of what God has put us on earth to keep us right. That's why lawlessness will abound. When lawlessness happens, chaos ensues. When there is no derivative from right and wrong, when you lose your platform of right and wrong, then anything goes. Witnessing it, just turn the news on. I'm sure there's probably a town being burned down today somewhere. Don't get all quiet on me now, church. That's lawlessness. If you yourself, if you yourself have no platform on which you stand, your Christian platform that tells you right from wrong, then what are you guided by? Self? Have we become our own God? Choosing what's best for us instead of abiding by what's best for us, given to us from God Himself? That's obedience to abide by. Lawlessness. But just to to tell you a little bit about this. Then the man of lawlessness will be revealed, but the Lord Jesus will kill him with the breath of his mouth and destroy him by the splendor of his coming. This man will come to do the work of Satan with counterfeit power, signs, and miracles. Counterfeit. Some say this deadly wound that this... Uh, this antichrist will receive will be almost like a work of magic. It'll be faked. It could be counterfeited. It could be acted like he was shot and killed and then he raises from the dead, allegedly. Some say that. But we know that he'll receive a deadly wound. But Paul says, with counterfeit power, signs, and miracles, he will use every kind of evil, listen, deception, to fool those on their way to destruction because they refuse to love and accept the truth that would save them. So God will cause them to be greatly deceived and they will believe these lies. That means unsaved people will become absolutely subject to the will of the devil. And the world who used to have a profound respect for the church will lose that respect. Listen, Jess can tell you all about that. We talked about this a little bit one Sunday morning after I got done preaching. You can look back in time and the world out there at least had a respect for Jesus Christ, even though they didn't come to church. There used to be a time when baseball games was not played on Sunday. There used to be a time when they weren't played on Wednesday. But as you can see, the world is throwing aside God more and more and more. And when mom and dad show kids that, hey, listen, you can miss church, you can miss faith gatherings for things such as games, then God's really not that important to them in their little mind. Even though He is important, and we know that. But listen, that is the way of things. I fought that up in Ohio. Even in my day, uh, you know, I'm 53 years old. In my day, when I was playing football, when I was little, some 40 years ago, we did not play on Sunday. 
We did not play on Wednesday. It wasn't a battle that had to be fought. That was for church. That was for building the family because it made better people. I hate that. We have to fight that battle. And then they put you in a bad place. Well, you know, serve you don't bring your children on this damn serve. They're not going to play. You know, and the kids' hearts are broken. And, you know, take that for what it is. You know, I can stand here boldly and say, I'd never do that. But listen, the reality of it is that's a hard decision for a parent. They don't want to upset their children. But they're put on the spot by the world who has no more respect for God at all. My coaches back then weren't Christians, but they knew better than to mess with the Sabbath day. They knew better. They had a respect for it. That there used to be a respect for men of God. There used to be. Very little of that these days. Very little of that these days. Then they will be condemned for enjoying evil rather than believing the truth. So again, we're just talking a little bit about this. Understand, too, there's something we have to understand as I'm kind of working my way to this, that Jerusalem is the absolute epicenter of eternity. It is the city of God. There is no other city in the world that God said, this is my place. Understand that. That's very important for this kind of stuff. No other city in any part of the world did God say, this is my city. But Jerusalem, He said that. It is the epicenter of eternity. You and I will be there someday. We'll be there someday. I was asked recently, I said, we're planning a trip to Jerusalem. Well, I can't afford to go to Jerusalem. At, you know, what is it? Five, ten thousand dollars a person. I, I told, I told uh, Angie, I said, listen, I'll just, I'll, I'll see you there in the, in the beginning of the new age. I'll meet you there. Listen, it is the epicenter of where everything's going to take place. It is where Jesus Christ will sit upon the throne in the new Jerusalem. Listen to this. Revelations 21, 1-8. through 8. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. Why does there have to be a new heaven? Think about this. Who knows the answer? Just raise your hand. If you know the answer to why there's got to be a new heaven, raise your hand. Because sin originated there. That's where sin started. Sin didn't start down here. It started in heaven. How did it start in heaven, church? Somebody tell me the name of the angel that started it in heaven. Yes. And he had to be kicked out. God's going to build a new heaven where sin will never ever be. Why will there be a new earth? Because this one was condemned because of what? Sin. Sin is causing the recreation of a new heaven and a new earth. And God's going to send it down. And it's going to be a little bit different this time because He's going to live with us. Listen to this. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. They're gone. Amen. They're gone. This earth that people love so much that they throw their eternal soul away for. Listen to this, brother. This earth 
that people love so much that they give everything they got to have all of its stuff is gone. Going to be a new earth. Going to be a new earth. Going to be a new heaven. Listen to this. He said, the first heaven and the first earth has passed away. And we talked about this this past, this past Sunday. And there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne, praise God, saying, now the dwelling of God is with men. No more him living apart. He will live with you. Now God's dwelling place is with men and He will live with them. They will be His people and God Himself will be with them and be their God. He will be here with you. That's exciting to me. That's worth throwing away everything that this earth that's going to pass away. Throw it away and just seek that place. That's when revival really is going to hit. When people start looking at the new earth, looking at the new heaven, and how God's going to be right here. Man, I can't wait for that day. No more hauling gravel like I had to do today. No more cutting the bushes and the weeds and bush hogging all over the place. No. The former things have all passed. Listen to this. They will be His people and God Himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. Why are we stuck loving this place? Satan is a powerful powerful archangel who is full of deception and powerful deception to where he can deceive even if it was possible the very elect to love something that's going to be removed. Listen to this. I, I, I just, I love this. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Praise God. Listen at that. Listen at that. The one that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. Wow. Praise God. That's what's getting ready to happen. When we're removed, those seven years is coming quick. And I'm telling you, we're, we're right on the rapture. Mm, I can't wait. Listen to this. I feel like I'm getting ready to go on a vacation. You know how, how you get excited about going on a vacation? I'm ready to go on this vacation. Permanent retirement. Listen to this. I am making everything new. Then he said, write this down. For these words are faithful and true. Write it down. This is what's going to happen. He said to me, it is done. Why? Because He said it. When God speaks it, it's as good as done. 
When God, it don't have to be done, it's, it is done. When God makes a, a, an announcement about something, a proclamation, brother, it's done. Why can't we see this? It's done. Live like it's done, Big Woods Church. Live like it's done, people that's watching on Facebook. Live like it's done. Listen to this. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I love that. I love that. There's a song. He is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the King of kings, the Lord of lords. He's everything, Messiah, Jehovah, the Prince of Peace is He. I love that. Who in here has heard that song? Goodness, got to get y'all out here. Listen to this. To him who is thirsty, to him who is thirsty, I will give to drink without cost from the spring of the water of life. Are you thirsty? Are you thirsty for what is to come? I'm thirsty. He who overcomes will inherit all of this. Did you hear that? To he that overcomes, you're going to inherit all of this. Oh, I love the word of God. And I will be his God and he will be my son. Listen, listen, because now we're going to talk about the earthly world that's passing away and all the things that people love about it. Listen, but the cowardly, the unbelieving, the vile, the murderers, the sexually immoral, those who practice magic arts or witchcraft, the idolaters and all liars, their place will be in the fiery lake of burning sulfur. This is the second death. And as we've talked before briefly, to every person, listen very carefully, to every person, and I know you all know this, but man, I'm feeling it to tell you, to every person, there's two births and two deaths. Two births, two deaths. To every person, you will get it. Now, you're born naturally, then you're born again. Two births. You die naturally. And if you're saved, the old man dies with Christ. Two births, two deaths. But if you're not saved, you will wake up. That will be your second birth to the great white throne judgment. And then you'll be cast into the lake of fire that burns forever. This is second death. Two births, two deaths. Now, on a side note, archaeological evidence has just found the Apostle Paul's dad was one of the thieves on the cross who was crucified with Jesus. Can you believe that? The Apostle Paul's dad was one of the thieves who was crucified with Jesus. And we know this because he said, my old man was crucified with Christ. Come on now. Come on. That's a joke. Come on. 
My old man was crucified by Christ. Get it? My old man, my dad. That's just a joke. Okay. Just seeing if you're out there, smile. Somebody. My old man was crucified by Christ. That's just a joke. Just see if we're paying attention, Jess. <laughs> okay. Now, on to, on to something that, we're gonna, that I've been wanting to talk to you about. I said all that to say this. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. But someone may ask, how will the dead be raised? What kind of bodies will they have? You know, I have had people ask me that. It's clearly answered in the scripture. Watch this. Watch this happen. Watch this happen. Okay. Now, again, this, this here's the NLT. So this is going to extrapolate some truth for us. Make it a little bit easier to understand. How will the dead be raised? Verse 35 of 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And what kind of bodies will they have? Question mark. The apostle Paul says, what a foolish question. When you put a seed into the ground, it doesn't grow into a plant unless it dies first. Now, we got a bunch of farmers in here. We know this. I'm not throwing myself in there as a farmer. Lord knows I'm trying my best, but I ain't graduated to that point yet. Listen to this. And what you put into the ground is not the plant that will grow. In other words, a corn, the seed corn you put in the ground, it doesn't grow up into one big piece of corn. Watch what he says. But only a bare seed of wheat or whatever you are planting, then God gives it a new body He wants it to have. A different plant grows from each kind of seed. Similarly, there are different kinds of flesh. One for humans, another for animals, another for birds, and another for fish. There are also bodies in the heavens and bodies on the earth. The glory of the heavenly bodies is different from the glory of the earthly bodies. Okay? Listen to this. The sun has one kind of glory. This is verse 41. While the moon and the stars each have another kind. And even the stars differ from each other in their glory. It is the same way with the resurrection of the dead. Our earthly bodies are planted in the ground when we die. But they will be raised to live forever. Our bodies are buried in brokenness, but they will be raised in glory. They are buried in weakness, but they will be raised in strength. They are buried as a natural human body, but they will be raised in spiritual as a spiritual body. Listen to this. For just as there are natural bodies, there are also spiritual bodies. The Scriptures tell us the first man, Adam, became a living person. But the last Adam, that is Christ, is a life-giving spirit. Listen to this. What comes first is the natural body, then the spiritual body comes later. Adam, the first man, was made from the dust of the earth, while Christ, the second man, listen, 
came from heaven. Isn't this wonderful? How Paul puts this together makes it very understandable. Our forefather Adam was made from the dust of the earth. But when Mary was impregnated, she was Jesus Christ clothed himself in humanity within her womb straight from heaven. Now we have options for the human race. Listen to this. This is fantastic. Okay. Adam, the first man. All right. Earthly people are just like, uh, I'm sorry. Earthly people are like the earthly man and the heavenly people are like the heavenly man. Just as we are now like the earthly man, we will someday be like the heavenly man. What I am saying, dear brothers and sisters, is that our physical bodies cannot inherit the kingdom of heaven. These dying bodies cannot inherit what will last forever. But let me reveal to you a wonderful secret. Listen what he's saying. What I am saying, dear brothers and sisters, is that our physical bodies cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Why can't this physical body inherit the kingdom of God? Because it has to die. It's it's marred with sin and disgrace. In the fall, it has to die. This mortal must put on immortality. Watch what the rapture, as we call it, does. Now that it's been thoroughly explained to us in a way that we can understand it, now we understand we're getting ready to be told, as Paul puts it, let me reveal to you a wonderful, wonderful secret. Now that you know how it happens, now that you know you have to be transformed into something else, we will not all die. We will all be transformed. I love how this brings this out. It will happen in a moment, in the blink of an eye, when the last trumpet is blown. For when the trumpet sounds, I love this, those who have died will be raised to live forever. That spirit meets that new body. Whatever it is, this heavenly body, as we're taught, that will inherit the kingdom of heaven that will never die again. Not this body, the new body. And we who are living also will be transformed. For our dying bodies must be transformed into bodies that will never die. Our mortal bodies must be transformed into immortal bodies. I love how this brings this out. This clarifies things so very much. Listen, then when our dying bodies have been transformed into bodies that will never die, the scripture is fulfilled. Death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is thy sting? The amazing rapture of the church involves you getting transformed into a heavenly body just like Jesus had. Now, I don't know how Jesus, and I don't know, And no man knows. It is the secret of God. It is the mystery of God. How that an angel 
can enter into this dimension. How a heavenly body, you think, now think about Jeff, I, I told you I was going to preach on this, but, but the Lord led me in this direction, but I'm going to go here since Jess brought it up. An angel. We read about Peter and the angel. This angel enters into this dimension, and I don't know how, but walks up to the door, the jail cell door opens up. And the chains fall off. Amen. And then all the guards are asleep. Now, I don't know how I did that. And then Peter just clothes himself, puts on his shoes, and he walks right out of the jailhouse. And walks right up to the prayer meeting. Amen. And they knock on the door and they open the door and say, oh my goodness. Now, I don't know how that angel, and then the angel going back to heaven. I don't know how that works. I don't know how Jesus appeared. Poof. He's in front of his disciples. This is Thomas. Hey, uh, you, you, you said you wouldn't believe in me unless you thrust your hands into the nail holes. Here you go. Here, come on. Here you go. And then witnessed by hundreds of people jump on a cloud and go into the sky. You're going to be just like that. I don't know how that Jesus appears but is able to eat a fish breakfast on the beach waiting for the disciples. God and His wonderful creative mind has done this thing. And we who are created in the image and likeness of God will dwell with Him. Will dwell with Him at the new Jerusalem and the new earth. He will be our God. We will be His people. And He will reign here forever. New heaven. New earth. A brand new Jerusalem coming down from heaven from God. I don't understand it. I don't know how it works. But I wanted to get into this because this happens before the great tribulation happens. Because he that's holding him back is still here. And when we're removed, at the time of the removal, the seven year reign of the devil will begin at some point. I don't know when. But I'm telling you right now. Church, I don't know how many signs we need to have to point. I, I could sit here and tell you everything you all know that Jerusalem, that Israel became a country again. That was prophetic. That Jerusalem became its capital. That was prophetic. That, that, that all the alliances that's going on against Israel right now. I read a headline before I come here that the United States and the European Union now are condemning Israel. And that Russia is condemning Israel. The King of the North is condemning Israel. I don't know if all of this is that point in time that the Scripture tells us about when all the world is assailed against little bitty Israel and why they're such a player in the game. 
Why is this little country, when we're looking to talking about Ukraine, and you're talking about that ginormous land mass of Russia, and you're talking about this ginormous land mass of America, it, it, is, is so concerned about that sliver of land the size of New Jersey? Why? Because it's the city of God. And this whole thing is really about the epic battle being played out before our very eyes between heaven and earth.